Welcome to the Middle Cross Podcast, where our mission is to apply all of the gospel to all of life. This is your host, J.P. Barden, pastor of New Vision Baptist Church in Brownsville, Tennessee. We're happy you're here, and we want to thank the Haywood Baptist Association for sponsoring us. You can find us on Spotify at the Middle Cross Podcast, or listen to our Word of the Week on the Haywood Baptist Hour. Tune in to 95.3 at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings. We hope you enjoy. to the Haywood Baptist Hour. I'm glad y'all can join us. I hope y'all enjoyed our last week's episode. Um, we aired at 8 a.m. every Sunday morning, and uh, this is your host, J.P. Barden. So I'm glad, glad to be here with you guys here at 95.3. And this week, I've got Brennan Cress with us. Yep. Hello. Good to have you here, Brennan. Glad to be here. He is a uh, pastor at Harmony Baptist Church. Yes, sir. Tell yeah. us where Harmony is, man. Um, well, that's a good question because I'm not super familiar with <laughs> West Tennessee geography. Uh, we're right off exit 52 uh, on Eurekaton, so right next to the highway. Good old Eurekaton. Yep. Yeah, so uh, this is, uh, as I said, Brother Brennan Kress, He's How long have you been pastoring at, at Harmony Baptist Church? I've been at Harmony since February of 2021, so I guess it's like a, a year and a half or so yeah. by now. Yeah, 18 months, 19 months. Awesome. Crazy. So those of you listening, you may be wondering, okay, what you had a different guy this uh, last time. You got another guy here. So um, I'm hosting this time, um, and if you haven't joined with us uh, maybe since last time or for a couple weeks, um, Brother Grover Westover is no longer uh, doing the Haywood Baptist Hour, but I'm grateful for um, the many years of service that he has provided. Um, now it's this young guy here, me, J.P. Barden, taking over. Um, so I'm going to try to do the best that I can. But what we're going to do today, we're going to actually have an interview with a new pastor. As Brennan said, what, like a year and a half that you've been? Yep. So just kind of welcome him here to the, the Southern Baptist, it's not Southern Baptist, but the, the Haywood Baptist Association kind of stuff. And, and welcome him to Brownsville. Um, after this, man, we plan on getting a bite to eat, don't we? Yes. On the square. <laughs> so anyway, I want to just enjoy this with them. Um as it stands right now, I don't have any announcements for you guys. Uh, I'm going to try to do that on a regular basis as well. Um, and y'all, please feel free to send in, uh, send me announcements um, as you have them. Those of you who know what I'm talking about, you can email me, and you likely have my email or contact information. Now, with all that kind of administrative stuff <laughs> aside, we can actually have some fun and get into this. Great. So let's start off, Brennan. So been there a year and a half. Um, I assume you've had a blast. I know your buddy yes. Devin has been, has, uh, well, what was it, like a few months he was there? Yep. He w- we had Devin Kepsel, brother Devin Kepsel, up for a basically a youth summer uh, to serve as a youth pastor over the summer, uh, which was really cool to have. He was a roommate of mine in college, so really cool to have a friend here with me for that time and just being able to enjoy doing ministry with a close friend, which is always fun. Yeah, man. And it's okay. So how 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 old are you, Brendan? I'm 22. 22. Yeah, gotcha. I think. Yes. And I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I'm 26. 
Yeah. Uh, so we're <laughs> we barely know what we're doing. <laughs> yes. <don't> we? <laughs> Sometimes I forget how young I am, really. Yeah, me too, man. Um so okay, so what's what's been kind of the most the most exciting thing so far in the in the year and a half? The most wow. fun and it could be something on the reg that you do on the regular, or maybe it's a one time event that was like yeah. amazing. Yeah, I think what has been the most fun for me is we started doing Wednesday night service as a teaching and question and answer time. So Harmony is walking through a Bible reading plan as a church, and I preach out of it on Sunday mornings. Um, and on Wednesday nights, what we do is, is I'll, I'll kind of teach. Sometimes uh, when you're doing a Bible reading plan, it's like 10 chapters a week uh, that we're reading, and it's covering the major, I guess, meta-narrative of Scripture, like the overarching themes of Scripture. It's called Foundations 260. I highly recommend it uh, to any church wanting to do a Bible reading plan. But there's so much that we cover in a week that I... I have a hard time picking what I want to preach yeah, on Sunday. Yeah. So whatever I, whatever else I want to talk about, we talk about on Wednesday nights. And then afterwards, I basically open the floor to question and answer because I think for some people at Harmony, it's the first time they've really studied their Bibles and really read at this level or this volume. And I can just imagine, or I remember my first time reading the Bible, uh, how many questions I had about random little things. Sure. And so being able to open myself up to just say, hey, let's just talk about this. Let's just uh, yeah. ask questions. Uh, nothing. There is no stupid question. You know, there is no bad question. Sure. Let's uh, uh, really wrestle with with the text and and look at things. So that for me has been the most fun because uh, ultimately I, I think I see myself as a teacher and I think that that's yeah. that's my favorite part for sure. So, so it's not because I know everything. It's just to open myself <laughs> to have those questions so many times. And people are harming to tell you. I'll just go. You know, there's, uh, here's what I do. When I don't know what I actually think, I'll just try to come up or not come up with, but I'll try to think of like how this may be interpreted by multiple people in multiple ways and just go, well, here's two different options. And just, you know, <laughs> I don't know or, what it let is. Me, what, let's talk about that next week. Let me one? go back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, so it sounds like the Bible's like, the Bible's really important in ministry. Oh yeah. I mean, and it may even say that it's, it's the focal point. It's the most exciting part. Yes. And, um, well, I'm sure we could say that. And of course I know you and I both agree on this, but that's, probably true it's true in my ministry as well because the bible is what goes forth and changes people's hearts exactly it's what it's the sword is mm -hmm. it speaks of itself yes um yes i think you know reading say first timothy really carefully we see that ultimately the the primary role of the pastor is to be a minister of the word uh act yes, six amen. as well i could point to that as well to see um when the apostles say should we stop ministering the word to minister tables um uh I think we're primarily ministers yeah. of the word. So, yeah. and that's good because the last thing you need is a 22 year old giving you advice. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably, I remember when I started, um, well, it's actually ironic and you probably could, you probably, um, understand what I'm talking about. When I started my life and experience, um, actually made me or forced me to lean heavier on the word yes because yeah. at least by god's grace i knew that i did not know much right yeah and yeah. that was what i was telling you before yeah. we start recording was yeah. uh, i have the same where i tell myself and i've said it to from the pulpit a few times um i'm gonna say it while it's easy because it won't always be exactly um, i mean i'm 22 i'm single uh so no kids no family 
you preached through Ephesians recently. I preached through Ephesians last yeah. last year, and you know, you get to these texts on marriage or family life. Um, even you know, as a pastor, our job is very different from the lay person. Uh, you know, who might be more quote unquote in the world in terms of their vocation yeah. and things like that. And um, I don't know very much about that. So, like you said, it drives me to say, you know what, I am going to preach what the text says, and I'm not going to shy away from that. I'm not. What I'm not going to do is suddenly become you know this you know, marriage guru or I know all about parenting or things like that, you know, yeah. talk out of, you know, what I don't know. Um, but I can give you what the Bible says. And, and really it, it sounds so simple, but when you give people what the Bible says, it just, like you said, it changes people's lives. Like there's no question. Everybody at Harmony right now, I think if they've seen such growth and I think if you ask them, what, what is it? They would say, well, we're hearing the Bible preached and we're reading it for ourselves. It's like bingo. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing how um, sufficient the Bible is. Yes, the reformers were right. Who would have thought? They were five hundred years ago. Yeah. They were right about uh, the word being central. Yes, and so and so vital. Um, so, so that's one of the, some of the most exciting parts, and I'm sure that that's not really going to cease, which no. is an encouraging thing. Yeah. What about some of the harder, uh, the harder parts? Yeah. Um, or the hardest, maybe. There's a bunch of challenges <laughs> in terms of being uh, a pastor. And for, I mean, for a year of it, I was a full-time student as well. And that's a whole litany of extra things because I felt really pulled between the two, right? Yeah, in terms of focus and, you know, I'm writing large papers and writing a sermon every week. That That's a challenge. That hasn't really changed because now I'm in seminary. So it's still, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're still dealing with that, just not as much in class. We're time. both in that, in that yeah, boat, man. in that boat, struggling, swimming. Um so that's a challenge. I think kind of to go along with what we were just talking about, one of the challenges is my lack of life experience. Um, that's and, ironic. And it's, it's, I don't know what I don't know. And yeah, yeah. as a pastor, that's a challenge too. Cause I haven't, I mean, I've been, I've been a member of five churches. I think if, if I were to just like really quickly think about that, I'm not going to count them, but um, I think about five in my lifetime. So I've seen pastoral ministry in a bunch of different ways. I've seen church in a bunch of different ways. Um, but to sometimes just not know exactly what is the best thing to do. I don't know what I don't know. So um, some weeks I feel like I've done a really good job. Other weeks I go, am I even doing my job correctly? You know what I mean? Like, well, what am I supposed to be doing and, and trying to, I had a meeting with um, uh, one of my mentors, Dr. Van Nest. He's the dean of the School of Theology and Missions at Union University. Uh, and he was talking about, um, I asked him, got lunch with him, and I just kind of made a joke. I was like, what do I do? Like, <laughs> there is some yeah. of those feelings where it's just like, sometimes you just don't know what to do. Um, but really, the way to stop that is just relying on your mentors and people who have been pastors for longer and being able to just ask and go, so when this happens, how do I handle this situation? And I mean, I've had some pretty crazy in already in my 18 months, I've got some stories already of things happening yes, where, I just gotta, tell where I've just got to roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had a mentor of mine tell me, blessed are the flexible because they don't get bent out of shape. And <laughs> If there's one thing that I could tell everyone, it's blessed or the flexible. <laughs> you just got to roll. <laughs> yeah, you do. That's something I struggle with, or I struggled, still struggle with, in a large part. Um, and it's, I think it, you probably would agree with this too. It's amazing. Ministry seems to reveal your weaknesses faster than yeah. you wish they would, wish it would. Yeah. Um, I can tell you one thing that hit me early on. Um, 
and this isn't like I had things hidden or whatever, but I'm an imperfect person. I say that from the pulpit all the time. I have my own sins and my own struggles and things I wish I was better at. Yeah. Um, and there's a song lyric, not a Christian song, so I'm not going to tell you what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, the artist said, you only hold me up like this because you don't know who I really am. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for a while, I had like big, I think it, like imposter syndrome, right? Where it's like, I'm, I'm in this position where people are looking up to me, but I don't really feel like you should be looking up to me. Yeah. If you knew everything. Um, and then I was reminded of two things. One, there were people who did know everything and they were on my ordination council. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they were there for yeah, my ordination. So true. they true. knew. And then ultimately God gave me this piece, piece because he said, Brennan, I do know everything and I still have you here. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, everything uh, is confessed, and obviously that's super important in pastoral ministry is accountability, especially external accountability outside of your church to, to have brothers you can go and talk to. Yeah, it's true of any Christian. Um, but that, when when I kind of felt that peace and God telling me I have you here for a reason and for a purpose in spite of your mistakes and struggles and things like this that we're working on, um, that was a huge weight off my shoulders because it was like, okay, that's what it really means to work in grace. Like I'm not working yeah. for God's favor. I had it and, and then can continue to work through it. So, yeah. So I guess you, you could summarize and say one of the, one of the hardest parts has been, um, I guess the, the, the revealing of your own insufficiency, yes. which I would, yeah. <laughs> I would, um, man, I resonate with that. Um, I remember, it's gonna help. This doesn't sound crazy or nothing. No, <laughs> but it's. I remember um, not long into my ministry, well, maybe about a year, maybe been six months in. I remember s- sitting out in front of our, our church doors here under the awning on those steps, and I was literally just praying, like, "Lord, I do not know what I'm doing here. Yeah, like, why do you have me here? It doesn't make any sense. Um, it's I, I'm not sufficient to love these people. Mm. Um." And then also, you know, there's difficulties that I don't understand. And he just held me in it. And it revealed more of his grace. Yeah, absolutely. As you, as you speak of. So many times I just go, God, I can't. And he goes, exactly. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? no, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and I'm an introvert, too, which makes, I mean, we're in the people business, you know. <laughs> and I, there are so many times that, you know, I pull up my car to the church and I just take a deep breath and I just go, okay. And it's not like a, it's not like feeling like being on, but it's like I have to focus on other people right now, and yeah. everything in me just wants to not. I'm so task oriented that you know it's I just like, want to go in and just done. do it, yeah. But no, people, you know, you're gonna have curveballs. You can't scheduling is we talked about that scheduling mm-hmm. as a pastor is hard simply because your schedule is going to be different every single week. Yeah, um, you don't know who's going to be in the hospital. You don't know who you're going to need to go visit. You're not going to, you know, so many crazy things happen, um, and as a young person kind of handling some of those has been a challenge as well as like uh, a joy because I really realized I'm like, well, this is real life. Like this is not in the textbook anymore. This is not, you know what I mean? In my classes, though, those prepped me incredibly well. Um, You're out there. I mean, you're welcome to the jungle. Like in the the middle of it. And (laughs) we're in the trenches. That's another, that's a good subject. Not a, it's not really going to change subjects, but just kind of a segue. Um, one of the most fantastic things I've found and uh, is being in school and being in ministry at the same time. Yeah. Because it puts feet to what you're learning. Yes. Because I found I had a terrible tendency to kind of stay in the clouds when I first, start, first started out. Because mm-hmm. um, that was where I was used to being. 
Uh, not that, you know, and, and just kind of thinking about things. Yeah. And then my people, and this is where I just thank them and the Lord for them, helped, helped kind of pull my feet down at least and plant them here in this place. Yes. Um, yeah. And go, okay, so now what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's theology, and then there's pra- putting in practice that theology. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has been one of the most joyful and yet difficult things at the same yes. time. Yes, and it's hard to teach, too. Oh, and like it, Wednesday nights, yeah. it's, you know, I use that as a primary teaching time because it's di- I can have a dialogue. People can ask me yeah. questions and things. Um, some people ask, can we ask you questions on Sunday morning? And I'm like, no, let's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a time, <laughs> please. Yeah. Um, but kind of being able to take what you're learning and directly apply it is a gift that is so incredible um, to just have. I mean, I was in a class called pastoral ministry and I'm doing pastoral ministry at the same time, you know, and it's like every, every class I would go, man, I'm not a good pastor. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm yeah. not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm learning. Um, but you're talking about like can keeping your head up in the clouds. Um, I had a, somewhat of a crisis of faith maybe when I first went to college. Um, I had never been exposed to not seriously is what I'll say, not seriously exposed to any other denomination other than Baptist. Um, And when I went to Union, there's, I mean, it's a Baptist school, but Christians of all denominations are there. Uh And I had friends. It was the first time in my close-knit friend group where I had like three different denominations represented. Um, and it was shocking, um, because the arguments that I had heard suddenly, wait, no, they have Bible arguments for what they're doing. (laughs) They're not just, um, you know, whatever. And and it was very much like grounding it, um, and, and taking my faith and actually really applying it and really working through some of those issues. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to make this joke, but you know, when you really read your Bible, you'll be a Baptist. Um, but, uh, and, but really studying and, and looking into those things and having that encourage me now as a pastor to go, you know, I, I've seen it in my community. People don't, you know, the Jehovah witnesses come by and they knock on their door yeah. and they're like, well, they're Christian too. And I'm like, well, yeah. maybe not. Um, you know, they have Mormon friends they have, uh, and, and I'm talking about those, like those Christian, what we would probably call a Christian cult or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, but even the other denominations, it, being able to teach that people what the differences are, why are we Baptist? Why are we Christian as opposed to, you it's know, huge. these other things is huge. And I didn't really, um, this is not in any way an attack on, on my youth pastors or anything like that, but I didn't have exposure to alternative, um, ways of thinking about the faith. Uh, and we live in a world where those alternatives are everywhere and you have to, you have to know the truth so that you can know when something, you know, when, when should your red flag go up? You know, yeah, <laughs> when should you That's start huge. pausing and going, okay, wait a minute, what are they saying? <laughs> and it's, um, that on that denomination topic, of course, this is where, this is the Haywood Baptist hour. So we're yeah, going to yeah. talk about being Baptist. <laughs> so I felt, which is a good I'm thing. amongst brothers and sisters, <laughs> I felt comfortable. <laughs> um, and maybe you're listening, you're going, okay, what is the, like, do y'all think you're Baptist or better than, than other people? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Uh, not at all. Um, it's rather, we believe that the Bible testifies to, um, to, to particular things. Yes. And we hold those convictions. Uh, inversion, for instance. Yes. Um, what will... I was going to use the fancy word for it, but like what's called congregationalism. Yes. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. that basically the power doesn't lie with the pastor, the power yeah. lies mm-hmm. with the people. Exactly. Yeah. Those kinds of things are why we are Baptist ministers. Exactly. I think, and, and here's something that I tell 
people when because I'll give opposing viewpoints, right? I'll say here's how one, especially when it's like a really gray area when we're talking those, you know, those what I would call yeah. tertiary or third level issues, yeah. um, you know, in times or you know some of these yeah, things yeah, yeah. that aren't even divided on denomination. Um, what I'll do is, is I'll say, I'll say, here's what this view is saying. Here's what this view is saying. Um, I do this primarily on Wednesday nights because on Sundays you might just not have the time or space. Yeah. Um, but the the word I like to use is being faithful. Um, not so much, well, which one's right or which one's wrong? Well, there is a right or wrong on some things, right? Okay, is Jesus Lord? Yes. You know, there's, you can't, if, yeah, yeah, you can't uh-huh. go right or wrong there. Um, but other things is to say, okay, which one do we think is the most faithful reading of the text? Which one is the most faithful to the scriptures? Um, and I think really if we're looking at, say, Baptist heritage, I think really what we're looking at is, is men and women who are trying their very best to be as faithful to the scriptures as possible. Amen. That's um, a good which That's is why I'm a Baptist ultimately. Yeah. Is I want to be faithful to the Word of God. Same here. And there's a lot of history behind it. Yep. If I'm wrong, I'm just going to try to be faithful. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, I don't want to add anything else that's not there. And Yeah, yeah. for sure. So um, that's the, we've got the, the, the some of the hardest parts, some of the most joyful parts, why we are Baptist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're actually in a Baptist course right now. Yes. Yeah. I'm taking classes at Southern Theological Seminary and uh, taking class on Southern Baptist Heritage and Mission. So shout out to Dr. Eric Smith. Yep. Dr. Eric Smith. It's been great so far. It's a. It's really eye-opening. I think one of the largest issues in the church, probably at large, is a lack of understanding of history, uh, and church history especially. You're right. The ideas that you have, the traditions that you have, they come from somewhere, and tradition becomes a problem when it loses the why. Like, amen. And I think a lot of our churches are struggle with, well, why do you do that? Yeah. If you can't answer why you're doing it. There was a reason at one point. At there one was point. a why. Do you still agree with that? Do you you know where where is your reason for yeah. why you do what you do? And I think the the why becomes when the why becomes contextual. Yes. Over biblical. Yes. You have a you have a problem, and it may not look like it. Yeah. Until something pushes against it. Right. And we have a lot of churches. I would say probably even especially in the Baptist community that think that they're biblical churches, but. They're not because they have not taken the time to really study. What does the Bible say about a pastor? What does the Bible say about a deacon? Yeah. What does the Bible actually say about these roles and how they fit in the church, church discipline, things like this? Membership, uh, membership, home, yes, work, home life, uh, yeah, all of it. yeah. And we see a lot of uh, uh, it's kind of a tangent, but we see a lot of rightfully. Let me say that to start, <laughs> rightfully, we see a lot of people, um, churches waking up to the need to discipline their pastors and to discipline their leader body. Um, and what we have not yet woken up to is the fact that that same standard applies to every single individual member of the church. That's a hard pill to swallow. And that is a difficult thing. Now, your pastor should be a moral exemplar, yeah. but he is not technically held to a higher moral standard than any one member of his congregation. That's true, because you look at... In, uh, uh, First Timothy, yes, right. The uh, the the qualifications for an elder, overseer, pastor, mm-hmm. they're not like, oh, whoa, man, yeah, not <laughs> they're like, not perfect. <laughs> they're it's like, oh, uh, this is kind of common. Yeah, everything that Paul mentions there for deacons and pastors, he mentioned the Bible mentions for just normal believers yeah. throughout the text. The only difference is able to teach. Um, that's the only differentiating it, it <laughs> aspect, totally is. which really, I mean, should 
tell us that the pastor is out of the congregation. He's not above the congregation, Amen. Um, which is I mean, such a big difference. I mean, it's not a triangle. It's more like an arrow, right? He's the leader, the under shepherd, right? First Peter five language. First Peter five, right? I'm, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm just making sure <laughs> it could be second. There's not five chapters. in second. Um, I could be totally wrong. Someone's like, he's disqualified. Hey, he doesn't those, know his Bible. Yeah. Those are the ones that... <laughs> Um, look at it real quick. But yeah, we're, we're the un, you know pastors are the under shepherds, but they're really just leading out, um, leading from the congregation. And this is again, you go back to Barber Baptist. We're congregationalists. Ultimately, the congregation is the one who ordains and qualifies yeah. pastors, deacons, uh, other lay leaders uh, in the church. Um, and but they're not. We're not above. And and no, not I think, at all. Yeah, I think I've made a intentional note to talk about where I struggle with, um, not in detail. That's not helpful for anybody. No, <laughs> but yeah. um, even when like a particular text, I'm going, hey, I have to conform myself to this. Still, I don't sometimes like what the Bible says. Yeah. But I'm conforming myself to it, not it to me. Um, I think that's so helpful. I think that humility is is necessary. Um. To just be able to say, you know what, I don't know everything. I'm not a perfect guy. We're gonna do this together, though. This is a yeah, <laughs> it's us. It yeah, um, one big, one big family, one big team. And it, it makes a it when you have that kind of perspective. Which praise the Lord, that's that's what I, like I hear out of you. It makes an unbelievable difference. It compounds itself over time. Yeah, it's not evident immediately when you see a guy start off at a church. Mm-hmm. Um, but over time, it's it's kind of like in a household, like you, or oh, I'm not going to compare it to a business because I hate comparing churches to businesses. <laughs> it's one of my pet peeves. Yeah, same. doesn't work that way. <laughs> it's more like a a household or a family. Um, you can create all the rules you want to, um, but just throwing them out there and expecting it to t- to happen immediately doesn't take into account where the rest of the family is. Yeah, but over time by example and love and um, having the proper amount of nerve to actually lead and all those kinds of things, you look up and you go, wow, I'm proud of where we are. Yeah. And it becomes a where we are yes. kind of thing, not just a look what I did. Yeah. That's, that's terrible. And that, that ultimately boils down to good leadership. And uh, something I'm very thankful of is having – solid leadership training when I was younger. I went through a program called Student Leadership University, which I oh, highly yeah. recommend for students. Um, you can just look that up, SLU, Student Leadership University. It really taught me a few keys. And, and one of the big ones is uh, that I've learned from that and professors at Union and other places um, is you need to teach before you change. And because kind of here's, here's like how often, what often happens is you'll have one pastor come in He'll change how they do uh, Sunday school, how they do all of these other different things. He's there for five years. He leaves. New pastor comes in, wipes the slate clean, changes it to a totally different form or things like this. And you give your congregation whiplash eventually, yeah. you know, because they're going, this, like this program, that, yep. Um, but if you can get people to be reading their Bibles, studying God's word, seeing what it says, you can build a foundation where your programs and your your changes are really on top of what they already know the church should look like. And then when a pastor leaves and a new one comes in, that foundation is already there. Yeah. And then the the particulars might look different, but the heart uh, of what's yeah. there is the same. And, and really, I have not changed anything 
I haven't changed much in harmony. I want to clarify that. But <laughs> any any new things that have come up that we've done, I've always spent the time to teach it and, and to say, here's where it is in scripture. So I'm not just making this up. This isn't, you know, the brain crush show or, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that smart. God, God's already, um, God's already shown us some things that we can be doing. Yeah. That's a really great vision of, of ministry. And I, I hope and pray that that would be more common, uh, among pastors, mm. um, as time moves on and also as things change in our own community. Yeah. Um, and man, I hate to have to wrap this up here because I think, <laughs> I feel like we could probably go like another 30 minutes or an we'll hour. get our own podcast eventually. Oh, right? <laughs> hey, it's not a bad idea. So, um, but I appreciate you taking the time to talk about what's going on, who you are, your vision of what ministry is and all those kinds of things. So Harmony Baptist Church is where you're at. Yep. I was looking up because I don't, even though, so I grew up here in Haywood County. Uh, and I was thinking, what, I don't even, I know where Harmony is, but I don't know the address, so I had to look it up. It's at 3844 Eurekaton Road. Yep. to White Bull. Yep. So if you're in that area and you're looking for a place to go to church. Yeah, we'd love to have you. Yeah. And what's your, your service times? Uh, 1050 is when our Sunday morning service starts. 10 a.m. Sunday school. Awesome. At 10.50, yeah. And then, do you have Wednesday night stuff? Wednesday night at 6.30. 6.30 Wednesday night. Fantastic, man. Yeah. Well, signing off here, to here, I guess, uh, unless you have anything to add, Brennan? <laughs> uh, well, I may, so I didn't grow up in this county, grew up in the suburbs, and so I can say this, having no idea about country life, um, <laughs> God's word is what unites us, not our our culture. Um, and Praise the Lord. I've been able to do great work, even though I know nothing about most of the things that go on in the country. So. <laughs> Amen. Well, it's been a pleasure. This is the, the Haywood Baptist Hour, and also um, um, we do this podcast uh, version on uh, the Middle Cross Podcast. You can find us on Spotify if you want to listen to some other stuff as well. It's been a joy to have you with us. We look forward to y'all being with us next time.